You know, seven games left, I think, in the regular season, if I did my math right. Um, I heard Chris Mannix yesterday say, this team is the most feared team in the Eastern Conference. Do you see it that way, too, for the Celtics? Well, again, if at full strength, uh, I think so. I mean, they've got as deep a starting five, heck, a, a you know, rotation, really, as a seven, eight-man rotation as, as anybody in the NBA, certainly in the Eastern Conference. You know, as you can you can quibble over whether you want to put Jason Tatum individually at the level of, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, or whether you want to put Tatum and Jalen Brown together at the level of, you know, Kevin Durant or Ky- and Kyrie Irving or James Harden and Joel Embiid. But again, just sort of top to bottom with what this team is when healthy, they have been a juggernaut over. This is not a small sample size at this point. This isn't like, oh, we're talking about a six, 11 of 12. They've won. 12 or uh, what is it? I'm trying to 20, 21 of, of 24 or 24 of 28. That's what it is. 24 of 28. So this goes back a few months at this point, this, this dominance that we've seen from this team really almost all season long defensively, but especially since the, you know, start of the new year, they're far and away the best defensive team in the NBA. And uh, offensively, they, during this stretch have been, one of, if not the top teams in the NBA. The whole good defense leads to good offense adage, and uh, they've been incredible. They've been incredible. So I, I absolutely believe that you know there's there's nobody that again, if you have Rob Williams, you have everybody else out there, and I know Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they're a little bit banged up at the moment too. But if you have everybody out there as they did starting yesterday's game against Minnesota, then you have a team that is just right now. Nobody wants to mess with this team. You know, in, in November and in December, every day I'm, I'm on our news program and I'm giving the updates and I'm playing highlights, et cetera. And the Celtics are win one, lose one, win one, lose one. And they're 17 and 19 and they're 15 and 17 before that or something. How did we go from that inconsistency to what we've seen over the last three months? So I think it's it's multifaceted, uh, and you can put them in whatever order you want to put them in. But I think there was a total buy-in on defense. I think that you know you fast forward a little bit to the trade deadline. I know this run began a little bit before the trade deadline, but you go to the trade deadline and you just sort of rework the personnel a little bit. You know, you get rid of Dennis Schroeder, Josh Richardson, Ennis Cantor, guys that you know weren't perfectly fitting the way that you wanted to do things with a defense-first mentality. No slight on Richardson, by the way. He was actually playing very well. But you bring in someone who's just a lot more fluid on the offensive side of the ball as well as defense in Derek White. You bring in, obviously, you know Daniel Tice. People kind of laughed yeah. at that move at the time. But you know you you compare him versus what you were getting out of Ennis Cantor. You know, Tice is playable. Cantor was not. And Tice knows the system, and he's a good, strong defensive player. Not going to give you a ton on offense, but he's he just he fits what Ime Odoka's system calls for. And then you start to get... Jason Tatum's shots falling. You know, he got off to just such a, a putrid start the year in terms of, you know, his offense. And and he was shooting a career worst rate. He was, he was, you know, by his standards, I'm not going to say he was terrible, but by his standards, he was very, very bad compared to what we've seen. And I know notoriously or, or historically, he is a second half player. Well, we have certainly seen that. He is hitting shots at a ridiculous rate at this point. Others have been as well. You know, Peyton Pritchard yeah. goes from, you know, DNP CDs to actually having a role in the rotation with Schroeder gone. 
He's shooting lights out. He's top 10 all of a sudden in the NBA in three-point percentage after getting off to a, a really cold, sporadic start to the year. And all of that, you combine with just the fact that they got healthy. You know, I've said it to you. I, I've said it on my podcast. I don't know how many times. Like, could we please, for the love of all that is holy, just <laughs> get a sustained stretch of health for this team? I'm not calling for anything special to happen. Let's just get these teams healthy because over the last couple of years you know really going back to I mean hell you can go back to when like Isaiah Thomas went down at the end of his final year in Boston and all the way through whether you know injuries to Kyrie Irving Gordon Hayward multiple times including five minutes into his Celtics career on to Kemba Walker you know Jalen Brown at the end of last season you had going back you had multiple injuries in the bubble again Er Walker and and Hayward you they're just Last year, it, this team was hit harder than anybody else with COVID. There have been so many different kind of what people, you know, l- might want to call built-in excuses, but there have been so many things that just make you point to, we don't know who the hell this team is. We don't know what they are capable of. Could we at least just see them all on the floor for a few weeks? And we got that largely for a, a good long stretch of time. And look what they did. They won 24 yeah. out of 28. Adam Kaufman, WBZ News Radio in Boston, and the Celtics Beat Podcast here on the Brady Farkas Show and WDEV AM and FM and WDEV Radio.com. I'm not asking this from the who would you start your team with or who would you rather have for the next five years kind of thing or whatever that we usually hear people ask. But when it comes to Tatum, in comparison mm-hmm. to other young superstars in the league, where does he rank for you in terms of players you just enjoy watching play? It's really funny the way you framed the question because I've had that conversation with a lot of people lately. Obviously, you know, being a Celtics fan and follower and you know, person with a podcast, I, I love Jason Tatum and he's he's young, you know, he's 24 years old. He's already a what? He's he's been to NBA All-Star weekend yeah. five times, three-time All-Star, two-time starter, you know, he's statistically speaking setting records left and right, doing things that we haven't seen since Larry Bird, doing some things that we haven't seen ever in the Celtics organization. He and Jalen Brown, both for that matter. Obviously, I love Jason Tatum. I do think, though, if we're framing it the way that you frame the question, who do I enjoy watching more? I think he's, you know, he, he's something of an assassin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's sort of like a quiet mercenary out there. And I know he's He's, he's showing his personality a little bit more on the floor. I'm talking on the floor in terms of, you know, kind of the like the Kevin Garnett primal screams and uh, just just being a little bit more animated. But uh, and this is not me saying I would trade him for any of these guys. We're just talking about pure enjoyment. I would say I enjoy watching Luka Doncic more. Yeah. I enjoy watching John ja Moran more. I, enjoy, you know, like some of the other young stars uh, around the league that are probably Again, this is not me saying they're better. They're just a little flashier than Jason Tatum. And so I find that to be a little more pleasing to the eyes. But Tatum is an unbelievable player. I mean, truly, he is a budding superstar. He is going to be a superstar. He's arguably a top 10 player in the league right now. I believe he'll be top five at some point. Uh, You could say he's playing like a top five player at this moment. I still wouldn't call him a top five player, but he's playing like a top five player. I do think, though, at some point in time, when he does what he's doing right now, over an entire season. That, to me, is what's missing. You need to see it for a whole year. When he does it for a whole year, he'll be a top-five player. He will be a guy that, you know, will be not just in the sort of the periphery of the MVP conversation. He'll be a legitimate, most valuable player candidate, and I believe he will win the award 
at some point in time. If he's a Celtic for a, a long time, you know, dare I I say his entire career <laughs> in this, you know, in this era of players that that just don't do that anymore. Certainly, you know, he he's got a strong potential to win championships and that name, the number is is gonna go up in the rafters. He is he is an excellent, excellent player. But he's not necessarily the first one I choose in terms of enjoyment to watch. I don't remember how the question was asked to him yesterday, but they asked him in the press conference something like, you know, what did it mean to you to get your your rhythm going offensively this season? Or how does it feel to be where you're at now? And he said, I wish I had done this all season because then I'd be the MVP. Mm-hmm. Does it bother you that that was at the forefront of his mind and not some kind of team-oriented goal here on the day they they get this the East number one, you know, number one spot right now? I hear what you're saying. Um, I, I do get it. I just think that, you know, players for the most part, this is not a Tatum thing. I think players for the most part, you know, here in this generation, not to say they weren't, you know, in the 70s, 80s or 90s either, but, you know, the players are just wired a certain way where it is kind of a the initial reaction to anything is a little bit of me first. And that's not him being selfish or cocky or whatever, but I, I think that, you know, coming off of losing out, really on what was unfair in, in my mind and certainly in his wasn't my wallet that was affected yeah lose trout on on the all nba teams you know on on a you know kind of a, a questionable vote and it winds up costing him you know what 30 million dollars something yeah. like that just because he wasn't placed on an all nba team when he when at least he he was definitely deserving of being a part of the all nba third team i i think some of that recognition matters to him you know he's he's had to listen you, you think back like realer stage who the hell knows, but you think back to like last night at the Oscars and, yeah. and Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, you know, it's it, his whole acceptance speech was about, you know, alluding anyway, he made it about King Richard, but he, he alluded to the fact that like, Hey, I've been in this business for decades and I've had to hear a lot of crap. I've had to hear and, and maybe just snapped. Well, Jason Tatum in his very short time in the NBA has had to hear a lot of, you know, He's not a leader. He and Jalen Brown can't coexist. He cares about himself and his stats more than he does about winning. And he's not all NBA and he doesn't deserve that money and all this stuff that I, I think that, you know, some of that uh, just emotionally. Had, and he, again, he's 24. He's a kid. How does that not, you know, some of that stuff not strike you at times? So uh, I'm sure that for him, part of it. And like you, I don't know exactly how the question was asked either, but uh, I'm sure he's sitting around like he's, he's listening to him getting MVP chance in Denver when you have arguably the MVP on the other side, certainly the reigning MVP, but in my mind, also this year's MVP in Nick Jokic. He's probably sitting there saying, man, I mean, if, if, if I had been doing all year what I've been doing just the second half of the year, I would be a guy that, that would be the most valuable player of this league. You still have some people saying, they were 11th in the East. If they finished first in the East ahead of Embiid, ahead of Giannis, the turnaround they had led by Tatum, statistically what he's doing, he should be the most, the, the, the most valuable player of the league. I'm not going to go that far. And I don't think it'll be, you know, ultimately the, the votes will be tallied that way, but you can understand a little bit of why he feels as, as he feels. Adam Kaufman, WBZ News Radio in Boston, Celtics Beat, the podcast. Go check it out. All the uh, insight on your C's who are rolling right now. Six straight wins heading in to Toronto tonight. Adam, we'll talk again soon. Look forward to it.